Welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. I want to talk to you about being enlarged to carry more of the blessing. And uh, this is a really profound message. There's so many messages in this passage of Scripture, but let's read it together. Now, Jabez was more honourable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. And so God granted him what he requested. And we said last week, as we looked at this passage, there's lots of things that are missing in this passage of Scripture. As you read the Bible, you need to be looking for what's not there, not just what is there. And in this passage, we see there is an absence of a father. Where is dad in all of this mess? I don't know where he is, but we, when, when we read this, we can come to a whole lot of wrong conclusions about this passage, about Jabez, but also about ourselves. It's the things that are unsaid that often define who we are. And we walk away with wrong conclusions about our lives. It's the people that are absent that cause us to make wrong conclusions. Maybe that they're absent because I'm not worthy of being loved. Maybe my dad left. Maybe the marriage broke up because there's something wrong with me. And we come to wrong conclusions. Most people have wrong conclusions about who they are. Are you hearing this? So he began his life totally uncovered, Jabez did. No father and a mother that's operating out of pain. And many people grow up with their lives uncovered. We talked last week about when we're uncovered, we're not connecting to a life source. So we've got to fight for our, our, our breakthrough. We've got to start everything ourselves. We're not drawing on somebody else's breakthrough. Jabez had to do life tough because he didn't have a covering. His mother obviously wasn't able to overcome this pain. She's in pain, but she had a chance to redefine her pain when Jabez was born. She could have named him Andrew. That would have been a good start to life, manly. But she named him Jabez. So she was so caught up in her pain that she couldn't see her future. She couldn't see the promises, the the potential that this boy had. Because we know now in hindsight that this man grew to be an incredible man of God. But she can't see the potential and the promise of God because she's bound up in the past and in the pain. So she keeps naming the pain. She keeps naming her future by her past experiences. And don't we often do that? We take our past into our future. God brings opportunities, but we're hanging on to all these things that we've done wrong, things that have been done to us. His mother's a victim, a victim of what she's done to herself and a victim to what others have done to her. And because she's a victim, she can't go forward. But Jabez is an amazing man. She called Jabez because of her pain, but Jabez calls on God and begins to see his future. It doesn't matter what people have called you. What's important is what you call yourself and who you call upon. So he calls upon God as his protection, his provision, his promise, his protection, provision, promise and power and promotion. 
all those P's he calls on. And he gets his breakthrough. So last week we talked about the power of honouring our covering and drawing on the life source. It's a powerful concept to think about, to operate in forgiveness, to let go of all the pain. When you hold on to pain, you keep yourself in prison. I was saying to one of my kids just the other day, forgiveness is such an important thing because it unlocks you. It frees you. The person that's done something bad, they don't know. They've, half the time, they, they're ignorant of what they've done, but it frees you. And so Jabez forgave his mum and his dad. He blessed his covering. And all of a sudden, life begins to flow. If you're bound up, if you're not progressing, maybe it's because you haven't honoured life sources in your world. You're not under covering. There's a lot of angry Christians in this city that don't go to church anymore. That aren't under covering. So let's read this verse again, verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. He's longing for a fresh start. And I have a sense in my spirit there are people here today that they want a fresh start. You know, maybe, maybe there's been a whole lot of disaster in your life and turmoil and you're here today and you're wondering, can I have a fresh start? Well, God's the God of fresh starts. He's the God that reverses the curse. So when the ark, uh, the, the, the world was flooded, the ark floated on the water and it finds itself lodged on Mount Ararat. And Ararat means the curse is reversed. So you can be going through all this turmoil, but God's going to bring you to a place where he's going to reverse all the disaster that's happened in your life. He wants to give you a fresh start. Are you hearing this? And Jabez wanted a fresh start. He was born on the wrong side of the town. He had so many things going against him, but he cried out and said, God, give me a fresh start. And God did. And if you're here today, he wants to give you a fresh start. And a fresh start becomes not because of decisions you make, but because of revelation that comes to your heart. God begins to change the voices in your head. Instead of hearing, I can't, I'll never do anything right. This will always be the way it is. All of a sudden you begin to get revelation. And maybe you've been coming for the last number of weeks and you've begun to get hope again. God's about to give you a fresh start. Maybe somebody's excited about that. I am. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Do you, do you feel the passion in that word, oh? Yeah. Oh. It's like there's a, there is a, a deep desire in his heart to change. And I don't know about you, but it, it seems like when we get our back up against the wall, when, when everything is coming against us, that something rises up in our spirit and says, I want to change. I, I don't want this anymore. See, if you're passive, you'll get run over by a devil steamroller. And, and, and that's one of the things that, that always stirs my heart when I come around God's people. There seems to be at times so much passivity. Well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. It's like, really? Our concept of God is so bizarre. It's like it's all up to God. And if my life's ever going to change, it's all going to be God, all of God and none of me. Where did we get that? 
Where did we get that bizarre notion that, that something, you know, we don't have to step out. We don't have to be passionate. We don't have to cry out this prayer. Let me tell you, if Jabez didn't cry out this prayer, he would have died broken and in pain. So something has to rise up within you. But what if it's not in there? Well, stir it up. Stir it up. It's in there. God has put greatness in the heart of every single person. I don't know how deep it is in your heart, but if you stir long enough, if you get unsettled long enough, you'll begin to find this same voice rise up in you. Oh, that you would bless me. Oh, that you would bless me. I am not going just to go through the motions of life. I want my life to count for something. And the older you get, the more you realize the, the, the very frailty of life and how quick things go. And I'm saying, God, my life has to count for something. As I look back at the end, I need to see fruitfulness and people that have been changed because of my life and my passion. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Now, here's the thing. You can't pray this prayer unless you believe that God wants you to be a success. And that's one of the big challenges that, is that many people don't understand that it's God's greatest desire that you prosper and be successful and fruitful. Really? Yeah, really. The Bible says that the Father is glorified when we bear much fruit. And we'll prove that we're his disciples. He wants you to be fruitful and prosperous and influential. That's what it says. Nehemiah 2.20 says, The God of heaven will grant me great success. It's in the heart of God. So here's the thing. If you fail in life, it won't be God's fault. Because he wants you to succeed. Oh, I thought I was going to be encouraged today. But that's the truth. If Jabez failed, it wasn't God's fault. He was waiting for Jabez to pray this prayer. And all that it entailed, God wants you to succeed more than you want to succeed. See, I get lulled into this, this mindset often when I'm praying for you, the church. And it, it, sometimes when I'm listening to myself pray, it's almost like I'm convincing God to love the church as much as I do. And to reach this city as much as I want it reached. But let me tell you, my friend, that God's desire for you is that you be successful. He burns with a holy passion and he proved it at the cross. He did everything to make you a success. And if you are born again today, if Jesus lives in you, you have the power and the ability to be greatly successful. You do. That's, see, that's, that's the first thing. He prayed, oh, that you would bless me. We are in a different dispensation where we have already been blessed. He had to pray for the blessing, but we've been assured of the blessing because the blessed one now lives inside the heart of every believer. Are you getting that? Oh, that you would bless me. Listen, and don't miss this. And enlarge my territory. Those two are connected. The blessing is contained in my territory. So if I have a little cup, the blessing is contained in that. If I have massive boundaries and borders, the blessing will fill that. 
The blessing will fill whatever I give it to fill. Fill. To carry the blessing, here's the thing. I've got to have an enlargement of my capacity. My belief system has to enlarge. So he's praying not just to be blessed, but to be so enlarged in the way I think, in my belief system and in my capacity, that the blessing that comes fills that. See, everyone here is blessed. The moment you're born again, you can't get half of the Holy Spirit, 25%. You know, the Bible says that, that, that we are complete in Him. And see, this has been a, a mindset change in my life where I'm beginning to understand more and more that everything that I need is already in me. That I am filled with such power and ability and giftings. God has filled me with His life. That's not the problem. Because you know what? When you look at many Christians, you think, really? He's filled us. Oh, that you would bless me. But now the issue is, what are we going to do to enlarge ourselves so that feeling may multiply in its influence? That's the issue. Are you getting this? I want to illustrate it with my little sea sand pool. And uh, I've got a couple of helpers. Have a look at this. Give them a hand as they come. Joel and Justin, be kind to him. So this water represents the, the blessing. He's saying, God, bless me. And look what's happening. Can you see what's happening now? Bless me, Lord. Prayer meetings, revival, fasting, praying, believing. Look at that. Come on, more, Lord. Pour it out. Pour it out. More, 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 more. You're too kind to him. I would have poured some on top of him. <laughs> Look at what he's got left. Look, pitiful. That's it. That's your blessing. And so we pray harder. And he goes to uh, Bethel. Oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> Has a bit of Andrew Womack. And he even comes to Hope City Church and gets an overflow. Sorry, sorry. And look, look what's left. And what's the problem? Capacity. That's the problem. Mindsets. And so as much as God pours in, you can only hold what's your capacity. Give him a great hand. We blame God. We blame God for our powerlessness, for our lack, for our inabilities. But the issue is, it's our capacity and our beliefs. And he prays, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge me. Oh, that the blessing, and we say, thank you for the blessing, now enlarge me. Enlarge me. Enlarge me. Say enlarge me. Enlarge. So the problem is this. Blessings function in occupied territory. Did you hear that? Blessings function in occupied territory. 
So we have to get before God and say, God, enlarge me. It's one of the great prayers that I pray. And you know, it's one of the prayers that God responds to. I get before God and say, I want to be successful. I want to be influential. I want to do something great for you. Don't you pray those prayers? Is there anybody else that prays like that? Put your hand up so I can see. Increase. Who said increase? Increase. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge me. Luke 10 verse 2 says, listen, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Did you hear that? He says, so ask the Lord of the harvest to give us more harvest, more blessing, more, 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 more. We haven't got enough. So ask the Lord of the harvest, give us more, give us more. Then he says, ask the Lord of the harvest for more workers. The issue is in our capacity to reap what's been given. The harvest is great. So here's, here's, the, here's the harsh reality. All around this city, there are people that belong in this church. And what we are seeing right now is a reflection of your capacity and mine. God's done everything he's going to do. It's not a matter of praying more or fasting more. There is something that has to change in the way that we think. Something has to change in our capacity. He says the harvest is already there. It's great. But the problem is I'm looking for people to have a capacity to hold the harvest that I want to give them. Luke 5, Jesus says to Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So Peter goes out with one boat. Row, row, oh, sailed out. <laughs> Throws the net out, catches fish. You know the story that he begins to drag in these fish until his boat is full sinking. That's right. Capacity is reached. So what does he do then? He calls out to his partner, his partners who have another boat. They bring that boat in, and now that boat is filled up until it is sinking. It's reached its capacity, and then the fish no longer come in. I ask you a question, were there more fish in that sea? Of course there were. Did they catch every fish that belonged there? No way. If they had brought out more boats and more boats, God would have kept filling and filling. The issue was capacity, mindsets. That's the issue. They had two boatloads of fish because they had two boats. You have whatever it is that you have because you have two boats. And the issue is not with God providing fish, it's in you providing boats. It's not a problem of the fish on the lake, it's a problem of the boats on the sea. The problem's not with God. I'm here to defend him today. Not that he needs defending. He's saying, I've done everything. I said, launch out. I'll provide as many fish as you need. You need to change the way you think. 2 Kings 4.1 I've told this story many times, but it's a story of a woman whose two sons have fallen on hard times. Her and her two sons, her husband's dead, and now the creditors are coming and they're going to wind her up. 
make a bankrupt, take everything. And she's in a desperate state. And the prophet comes to her and she says, help me, help me, help me. How often have we prayed that prayer to God? Get me out of this mess. Help me, help me, help me. And the prophet says, what do you have in your house? He's reminding her that there is oil in the house. And God's telling you today, you don't need help. You need a revelation of what you've got and how to increase it. You don't need more. You've got all you're going to get. And eventually, I'm a little bit slow at times, but eventually I began to cotton on that God wasn't going to do any more. There were places in my life where I'd come to a standstill waiting for God to move, and it was like a Mexican standoff. <laughs> and God's got all the time in the world. And I'm realizing I'm getting a bit old. Okay, I guess, see, so after a while, if nothing's happening, this is, not, this is a generalized statement, but when, often when nothing's happening, God's waiting for you to move. There are times where you have to stand when he tells you to move, but there are other times where nothing seems to change, and he's saying, I want you to increase, change the way you think. There's something in your world that is blocking the flow of God. She says, what do you have in your house? I have a little bit of oil. See, she doesn't even know that that's the key to her breakthrough. She's got the ability. So the prophet says, go and collect some empty jars. Not just a few, but get lots. Increase your capacity. And she does that. Her issue was she had nothing in her world to multiply what she already had. And so that tells me that you and I have to do something different to multiply what we've got inside us. Ten times zero is always zero. Five times zero, I know this is profound, is zero. But if you put a one on the end, it begins to move. Then a three and a four, you've got to multiply what you have. Whatever the gift is, and say so we know the parable of the talents, which we'll get to later, it was the issue of enlarging what they already had. You've already got it. We have a God that is committed to enlarging. It is the nature of God. When he explains the kingdom, how does he do it? He says the kingdom of God is like a seed. Like a seed. And what do seeds do? They multiply and they grow. And I'm always amazed and I love gardening, but to take a seed like a tomato seed and to watch that plant grow, the belief system starts to grow. And it begins to multiply. And you take a tomato and you break it open and there are what seems to be hundreds of seeds out of one piece of fruit. The kingdom of God is a multiplying, enlarging kingdom. And so as we, as we come into the kingdom, everything about our soul, our belief system, has to enlarge and multiply to take what we have and make it effective. So if you think that there's a 10 inside you, that's God. As I multiply my belief system... It begins to, there's a ever-increasing effect. And we feel like God's beginning to move. He's already moved. It's us. We stepped out. We began to read. <gasps> Shock horror. We began to pray. We begin to speak scripture. We begin to step out and take a risk. We begin to listen instead of talking all the time. See, there are things that we do even socially that lock the flow of God in our lives. There are God opportunities that we stop because we're ignorant 
of what's going on around us. Stop! Shh, listen, watch, observe. Be aware of the company you're in. Enlarge. The king is about multiplication. Do you know you started as a product of your parents' enjoyment as one cell? That cell, I think, I don't know how you pronounce it, but somebody will correct me, no doubt. It's spelled Z-Y-G-O-T. Is it zygot? Zygot. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. <laughs> that word zygot means literally to be yoked or joined together. And we start as one cell, just me and God. When God called Abraham, he was but one. And he went, and he blessed him. And he made him many. We start as one cell, but within 24 hours... To 30 hours, that cell has multiplied till when a baby is born. It, they, there's something like 26, depending on who you read, 26 billion cells in the body of a baby. And when it reaches full adulthood, they say there are 50 trillion cells. Our biology is a reflection of God's theology. That he multiplies us, he multiplies us, he enlarges us. Are you seeing this? Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. He'd come from such a small-minded family. And I'm not putting his mother down, but because there are women that are great thinkers and men that are small-minded. It's just a story. But he came from a family where it was so victim-orientated. Well, God, if you don't move, I'm not moving. Well, guess what? You will die small. But the son says, oh, that you would bless me. And enlarge me. I don't want to think like that. I don't want to think like a victim anymore. I choose to step out. God commands fruitfulness and enlargement. Now, when he comes to Adam, who's ignorant, he's just born. He doesn't really know much. But God comes to him and says, be fruitful and multiply. You may be here today or listening, and you don't know much about God, but he comes to you and he says, I want you to multiply. I, don't, I want you to be fruitful. It doesn't matter if you only know a little about God. Take this today. He wants to breathe on you and make you fruitful. He wants to multiply you. You might think, well, what could I ever do? My friend, if God lives in you and you begin to believe that and begin to allow him to multiply the way you think, if you begin to meditate on him, get a one verse. I say to people, just find one verse. It's not hard. You have to master the Bible. Begin with Philippians 4. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, that's a great verse to meditate. If you just got that one verse and prayed over it, our words are spirit and they are life. So when I speak, those words go into the spirit realm and they begin to change things around me and they, they usher in the life of God. It's supernatural. He's super on my natural when I speak. Life flows. God begins to part the Red Sea. He begins to change things around me. Something shifts within me. I begin to get larger on the inside. And the flow of God begins to flow over and over and over and over. So we say, God, enlarge me. Enlarge me. Say, enlarge me. But there are many, many ways that God enlarges us. 
See, because God has a plan to bless you and multiply you, make you fruitful, influential. But there are things that we have to do to enlarge ourselves. Let me just talk to you about a couple. This is a dirty word in many churches. But let me say it anyway. Called excellence. Did you hear me? Excellence. Oh God, help me to reach this city. Cause me to prosper and be the head of my workplace. Give me 10 cars in my garage and enough money to, to run 17 orphanages. God, fill my bank accounts overflowing. And all these things are good prayers to pray. And then we turn up to work 30 minutes late. <sighs> Having a fag out the back. Not you, but some of these people do. <laughs> you know, constantly on Facebook and the phone and, you know, scratching ourselves. Solomon said, the righteous, listen, the righteous are more excellent than their neighbours. This means the people of God stand out in the world. And I'm just being practical here. God has filled us with his ability to change the world. And Jabez says, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. He knew the blessing of God could fill any territory that he created. Small thinking, small behavior, small feeling. It's not God's problem. Your lack of success is not God's problem. It's yours. Because he wants to bless you. God doesn't play favorites. There's, there's no, I wonder how they got it. There's none of that. He's a just God. In fact, he pours out his blessing on the just and the unjust. He reigns and he loves all. But this whole concept of enlargement, we need to think about this how does it happen? So we say, oh, God, enlarge me. Okay, so it's a great prayer, but what does it look like? What, when I pray that prayer, what will God begin to do inside me? It's not nebulous. It's not like, oh, I'm enlarged. Oh, oh I feel bigger inside. <laughs> yes, it's supernatural. God begins to move, but something will begin to change inside me. I'll begin to think differently. When God created the world, he says, that is amazing. It's very good. He didn't say, well, you know, near enough is good enough. Oh, that wasn't my best day, but there's always tomorrow. He didn't do that. And everything about God is excellent. Two can't walk together unless they be in agreement. See, that's why God doesn't like sin. God's not like a party pooper. He doesn't like sin because sin causes us to fall short of the glory of God, the best for our lives. So the reason he says, don't do this and do that, is because he wants you to live an excellent life. And sin robs you of the best. He's all about excellence. So that's why when the priest walked into the holy place, there was a dirt floor in the holy place. And when they looked up on the roof, there were pictures of angels and the cherubim and, and pictures of heaven. So they would be reminded that you have two choices in life. You can live like you've come from the earth or you can live like you've come from heaven. You can have an earthly mindset or a heavenly mindset. You can live far below what God has for you or you can live in the fullness. The choice is yours. So I say to you today, choose excellence. 
in the way you think, the way you feel. So when you come to church, I don't feel that thing. I don't think I'll open my mouth today. I think I'll wait for someone to bless me. That's not excellence. That's not excellence. Excellence is life on purpose. It's understanding my role in my relationship with God. It's pursuing the best when I don't feel like it. Success in life is knowing the difference between laziness and tiredness. Laziness is resting before you're tired. And if you know, it's like, really? The times where your capacity is enlarged is particularly when you don't feel like it. And you push through. You take the extra step. You go the extra mile. You lift up your hands when you don't feel like it. You read when your eyes are tired. You put off that dirty shirt and you put on a new one. Oh, I don't know why God didn't give me a breakthrough today when I went for that job. Because you look like a slob. And see, see, what I'm saying is that we blame God for the lack of power in our life, but we don't realize that it's our capacity to grow with him. God's saying, you know what? I've done a lot. Would you please work with me? I think that's the prophetic word to the church. Today. Would someone please work with me? Well, it's all up to you, Lord. He says, no, it's not. I've done my bit. Now it's your turn. Thank you. I'm only saying this because I've lived like this. Like, and eventually it dawned on me that I've got to do something. I've actually got to do something. Why does Christianity lull people into this nebulous state of, it's all up to you? Oh, I feel the goosebumps. And they're all good, but you've got to do something. You've got to go to work. You've got to, you've got to talk to people, invite them to know Jesus. They don't get born again supernaturally with an angel in the sky. It doesn't happen that way. People talk to each other. You live a life that draws people to Jesus. Why am I saying this? Because the church, by and large, has missed the point. He's done it all. Now it's up to you. God works in our action. So David comes to... um. I think it's 1 Samuel 17 to where Goliath's taunting Israel. He comes out day and night because that's the time when Israel would read out the law and the promises. So they're beginning to say who they are in Christ and Goliath comes out and taunts them. They all run back waiting for God to move. And it says that they were in battle array. There was a standoff between Goliath and Israel. And one boy comes and says, I believe I've got what it takes. And he stood out and he pressed in and God began to move. Do you know what? If David didn't move, God wouldn't move. So when we accept a defeated mindset, we will interpret all of life through that defeated mindset. Well, it mustn't be God's will. Well, just the way it is. And so I was reading this passage in John 20 and I'm watching the time. And it's when Mary comes to the tomb. And I said to Karen, look at this. This is bizarre. Because she comes to the tomb. She walks in and she sees that Jesus is not there. And there's a couple of angels hanging around. They said, Jesus is risen from the dead. And so she says, all right, thanks for that. She turns around. This is Mary. And she sees Jesus. She sees him. 
Now, Jesus is not Casper the friendly ghost. He's, he's, he's real. You can see him. Do you get that? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to make you understand. This is not, this is not like some, you know, you've got to see in the spirit realm. She sees him. And she says, you're the gardener. What have you done with Jesus? Did you ever read that and think, is she hallucinating? What's, what's going on here? See, when you have a mindset of defeat, she's so broken, you'll begin to interpret everything through a natural lens, through a defeated lens. So Jesus had to speak to Mary and say, Mary! And maybe he's speaking to you and he's calling out your true identity, shaking you loose from this mindset that you've had for so long, shaking us loose. Wake up, Mary. Wake up. Wake up, church. What are you doing? Wake up. It's me. And maybe you're saying that today. I put my spirit in you. I've given you everything you need and you're sitting there and you're interpreting all the events of your life through defeat and through my absence when I'm with you. And the reason you're not seeing me move because you won't move yourself and you won't enlarge yourself. And I keep pouring water and it keeps going through your hands and you say, where are you, God? Where's your fruitfulness? Where's your blessing? And he says, it's all about your capacity and how you see yourself. And your lack of willingness to step out. Increase my capacity, Lord. Jabez said, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. I'll finish with this. In Luke 19, there are 10 servants given one talent. 10 people, one talent. He says to the 10 servants, occupy till I come. Do business. In other words, I've given you everything you need. Now it's up to you to take that and enlarge it. And I say to you, it's up to you. It's up to you. You can go home today and sit on your blessed assurance, turn the TV on, and then come back next week and say, well, maybe it's God. I don't know. I've tried this Christianity thing. It just doesn't work. You could do that. So he gives them all one talent. Here's the Holy Ghost. Here's the Holy Spirit. He's filled you. He's equipped you. Go and occupy. Change my city. Do something. Believe. Expand yourself. Stretch yourself. Believe. Educate yourself. Position yourself. Listen. Observe. Go out as my messengers. Now one of them took that and multiplied it till it was 10 times more. Think about that. That you have the capacity within you to take what God has and multiply it over and over and over and over again. Oh, I thought it was all up to God. Now He's given you a talent. He's placed His Spirit within you. And you're sitting there unsure about yourself. And God says, come on. Come on. Occupy. I'm with you. Step out. Take a risk. Write a book. Write a poem. Sing a song. Do something. Educate yourself. Move out, church. You're a mighty army. Believe in what I've given you. But one took it. He kept it to himself. And he didn't expand it. He says, oh, God, this Holy Spirit stuff doesn't work. 
And the Bible says what he had was taken from him and given to the one who multiplied it. And here's the thing. If you will take what God gives you and give it everything you've got, it may only be a small thing, but if you will be faithful and educate yourself and press in and do the things to expand your life, God will even take that which others have wasted and give to you. Catherine Kuhlman said that God had called many people to walk in her level of authority and anointing. She said, in fact, there were a number of men that God called and they all refused to go. So he took their mantle and gave it to her because he found someone faithful, expanding what they had. And here's the amazing thing that because they were faithful in what God had given them, here's what happens. If you expand what God gives you, He will give you authority. It says, the one had 10, I'll give you authority over 10 cities. The one that had five, I'll give you authority over five. As we cultivate the blessing and the anointing of God in our life, it increases our capacity, our fruitfulness. And that leads the church to a place of authority. And I'll talk about authority maybe in the next few weeks, but that's when we come to a place of dominion in a city. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge me, that your hand would be with me, which is authority. God wants to give many, many people an upgrade in their authority. You know when you step into a new level of authority because you have the ability to reign and make decisions in places you have influence where you never never had it before. You can't, you can't manufacture authority. You either have it or you don't. And you grow in your realms of authority as you are faithful with what God has given you. Increase my capacity. So I want to shake you today as I've shaken myself and say it's not all up to God. Jabez discovered this. Oh God, that you would bless me and enlarge me. What will you do this week to allow God to enlarge your heart? Maybe it's forgiveness. Joseph forgave and enlarged his heart so he could see what God was about to do. And as he forgave, he began to grow in his authority, closer and closer to the throne he, he went. What is it that God's calling you to do to enlarge your capacity? Maybe it's just stepping away from the idiot box and beginning to proclaim a word of the Lord over your heart. Maybe for some of you, you need, you know, I rebuke this thought that says, I don't read. I rebuke that. That is a lie from the pit of hell. That is not true. That is a false identity. Well, even if you can't read, you can listen. There's called audio books. You have to grow. You have to change. You have to position yourself to be enlarged. I don't want to be a little vessel all my life. He said to the woman, go and gather many vessels, not a few. And as many vessels as you have, I will fill. If you enlarge your capacity every week, God will keep filling you. He'll keep enlarging you. He'll keep filling you. Keep filling, keep filling, until you have this incredible influence and capacity. I want that. I want to be bigger than I've ever been before. Increase me, Lord. It's a great prayer to pray, and you can pray that where you sit today, increase me, Lord. Increase the way I think. Increase my decision-making. Father, increase me, increase me, increase me. 
God has blessed you. God has put his spirit within you. And now it's time for increase. Now it's time to let go of those old victim ideas that, that propel people away from you, feeling sorry for yourself. That, that, that's a victim. That, that shrinks you. God's saying, I want to I take that all the way and I want to enlarge you. He'll work with you. I pray this prayer every day. Increase me and enlarge me. Change the way I think. Increase me, God. Pray that prayer like Jabez prayed. Increase me. Increase me and enlarge me, Lord. Why don't you do that now? Increase me, Lord. Increase me. 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 Thank you, Holy Spirit. Increase me. Increase me. There are people here today that are living under false identities and they are squashing the increase in your life. And you're afraid to step out to be who God sees you to be. I want to encourage you today to leave behind that false identity and step into what God sees. Some of you have said, this is the way I am. I, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. And you've hidden behind lies. And I said to the men on Wednesday night, even when we, we say, I, I'm not expressive, I don't do this, I, I, I'm not free. You know, who told you that? Who said that? And we buy into lies of the enemy in so many areas. I've done that. I've bought into lies that said, I'm not prophetic. I'm shy. I'm this. I'm that. And they shrink our capacity. And so we say to you, Lord, fresh start. Sweep away all those things that would restrict us. I ask in Jesus' name. I ask in Jesus' name.